Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Read. Junk. Your host, my guy. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's the Rejunk Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kremko. I'm back. Been on a bit of a little hiatus for the last two months, but going to start releasing some new podcast episodes soon, uh, starting with today. Just have to line up some guests and get things rolling again. Mainly just needed a break since I was going to Disney World and needed to focus on vacation and other stuff like that. Trip was great. I had a blast going on all the rides. Galaxy's Edge was awesome. Highly recommend going to that at night. That's the best time to go. Um, or in the morning too, but nighttime is the best time to go because the ride isn't as long for a smuggler's run. Uh, my four-year-old son went on all the rides with me uh, and he didn't get too scared, mainly just one or two, dinosaur probably being one of them. Uh, but he handled it really well. I can't wait to go back. Um, I'll probably have an episode about Disney World and the future with my buddy Frank, who just went there as well. So what else is going on? I mainly have been designing a lot of shirts the last few months, so I've been working on that a lot, which you can see on my TeePublic page, tpublic.com slash user slash Brian Crumco. Be sure to check out my new designs I got on there. I got a bunch of variety of things. And you can also follow me on Brian Crumco Designs on Instagram as well. For this podcast episode, I wanted to get back into things and talk about near Comic-Con with Ray and Joe, who write for the site. I wasn't able to go this year, so I just wanted to hear what happened and what, you know, what was there and things like that. Plus, we start off with a non-spoiler discussion about the Joker movie, which I haven't seen it yet. So I made sure that they weren't spoiling things for me. So lots of talk about that and your Comic-Con this episode. If you're not following Rejunk on social media, please do so. And please write a review about us on Apple Podcasts. A nice one, preferably, you know, that'd be nice. You can subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podbean, or wherever you get podcasts. We're all over the place. So let's get into it. Here's my talk with Ray and Joe about the Joker and New York Comic Con right here on the Rejunk Podcast. All right. So I'm here with Ray and Joe and... Um, and myself, even though I didn't go to Comic-Con, but I pretty much want to ask these guys just how their time was there at uh, Comic-Con this year since I wasn't able to go. My brother went, but of course he was only there for maybe half the day. And then he's like, there's too many fucking people. And like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I saw that post that he, uh, he actually posted. Uh, yeah, I was here for half the day. And then. I took pictures of the rest of the city. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, just go outside and take pictures. Like, I don't really, I walk on the floor like once and that's it. And then I'm like, then half the time I'm just outside taking pictures of the cosplay the whole time. Um, yeah. I felt, um, I felt this year, uh, as far as the cosplayers go there, it just, at least on the first day, it, it seemed like the cosplayers weren't in as abundance as they were in previous years. Really? Obviously, there there were cosplayers like around, and you can see them and identify them. But but like not not to the point where like one out of every you know bunch of people were were cosplayers like in other years. You know. Hmm. I know up by where they have the press lounge. They started it last year and it expanded. They have cosplay panels on how to and stuff like that. 
So that's where when you go up to the press lounge, it was just nothing but cosplayers everywhere. So yeah. they might have all been gathering up there. Mm-hmm. Or, so, or they're there, outside by the food, tr- food trucks usually. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but the, the way I also gauged it too, though, was, um, was Brian, remember, like, when we would chill in that area yeah. uh, at Comic-Con, you, all you would do is just stand in that one area, and all you had to do is just stand there, and they would just be there, they, you know? Yeah. It would just be a never-ending stream of cosplayers through that one area. But um, It wasn't like that this year? It didn't seem like that, no. I mean, it it, it seemed like it, there was a lot less cosplayers or people doing the cosplay, but maybe the weather had something to do with it because it did definitely rain for the majority of the day what day was this this was thursday thursday anyway yeah you both went thursday and friday or i was there on thursday uh which was my usual day and uh, yeah it's usually yeah so i I wasn't there the rest of the days yeah thursdays i i've i've found of going for a few years now thursday is the best day friday is gets intense i've never been on a saturday just because i feel like that's the worst day to go and then sunday i went once and I was going to go Sunday this year, and I was like, I was just so tired from my vacation at Disney. I was like, I just did 31,000 steps the night before. I'm like, I'm not going to do this again tomorrow. Like, walk, just stand around. And you might you might have broke that, too, though, if you went to Comic-Con. You might have, you might have broke that. Um, the step goal? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think my step goal for Thursday was like six miles. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Because after we went to the Comic Con, we went to Times Square and went to see the Joker. So yeah, we were still walking that, around. Yeah, yeah I, well, <laughs> me and Ray have kind of mixed opinions. It wasn't terrible. I don't yeah. think it's what everyone says it how artsy and amazing it was. It was a good movie. Just wasn't what I was expect of a Joker movie. I think it was a Joker movie that isn't really a Joker movie. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see that based on the trailer. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so it's yeah, and that's what I kind of expected going into it. Where you know, um, I knew that it was it was probably going to go against most people's expectations, and it was probably going to be a very polarizing movie where you either loved it or hated it, or you just had like a mixed opinion about it. Uh, and I feel though, after watching it that it's probably going to end up being a very underrated film after a couple more years. Like, people are going to, uh, you know, eventually, like, you know, come to qualms of the movie and say, hey, this is actually a pretty good movie. And uh, it's probably going to end up being a very underrated com- comic book movie. I don't think it's or- I don't I don't think it's underrated because it's breaking box office records and it's probably going to probably Joaquin Phoenix is going to get nominated for an actor. Yeah, but but it's breaking October box office records and if you know yeah. the history of like the comic book movies, the Marvel movies are usually released in November. Like what comes out other than some, you know, horror movies like Halloween and stuff like that. But on, but what I'm saying though, October, I mean, yeah, it's it's still people are going to see yeah. it though, you know. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are. Oh yeah, of course. Like I, I can I can understand what Ray's saying is that it's not going to be jumbled in with the rest of the comic book movies. Like people can see it and then go see it again and get a different view on things. I think, and mm-hmm. I think that it's True. it's just not going to be paired up with the Marvel movies or even the bigger DC yeah. stuff like the upcoming Batman movie or Suicide Squad or any of that. It's it's going to kind of get pushed in the wayside with the blockbusters. And it it really I, feels feels like, like a gangster movie in a way is where like a 70s gangster movie is kind of how yeah. I got the impression from it. I've heard that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and, a, and a lot of the people that I've spoken to that have seen it as well, they're kind of like in the same group of opinion that Joe and I are in, where, where um, you know, like the, the opinions clash a bit. And it's not like a movie where, where it's overly liked, but you can still see value in the movie and understand why it's popular and what you know why it's well done and why it probably would end up becoming seen years even years after the fact as, as an underrated movie or you know um, and it's very open-ended too it leaves a lot open to interpretation even to the point where what was real and what was not throughout the whole movie so he, he's an unreliable narrator. It. Yeah, he's an unreliable narrator, and it's just kind of you f- putting your thoughts and opinions on what yes. is real, what really happened, what is going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely open to interpretation, and um, and that's what I liked about the movie, actually. And uh, I also like, though, that it does take some, some elements of Joker lore or Batman lore um, that are very synonymous with the Joker character, um, like such things as like, you know, um, the illusion in the comic books that the Joker is, uh, you know, he might be several different people, you know, over, I don't know, the course of like, you know, the lore or, or him appearing in the comics. And you kind of get a sense of that too, in there that he may not necessarily be like the Joker that we all know that would ultimately fight Batman. Or, um, is there any, not to get into too spoiler heavy, heavy, but there, was there any indication that Batman existed in this world or is it too, too early or absolutely no, there's, there yeah, absolutely set up for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, <clears throat> definitely, um, uh, influenced by, uh, uh, Frank Miller's, um, writing of the Batman comics like year one. Okay. Like that's definitely in there. I don't know if you know too much about that, Brian, but year one no. was like very important <laughs> Batman story by Frank Miller. And Frank Miller, of course, has delved into movies, so you yeah. might be familiar with Frank Miller's stuff like Sin I, City. Yeah, I know that stuff, yeah. But I he's, yeah, he's I, very I haven't read very, it, but he's very pulpy noir with his stuff and he he, he always liked to run the his characters through the ringer and very, very down to earth gritty when he took over with daredevil Two, daredevil was a swashbuckling superhero and he beat the shit out of him and took everything away from him to just rise him back up. And that's kind of his style. Very, very human characters. A lot of, uh, a lot of, I don't want to say negative emotions, but a lot of uh, bad things happen and, you're you're pulling for the character to get out of this, and he keeps get, keeps getting shit on and shit on. And yeah. Batman Year One is kind of that same thing: the struggles of Batman, the hardships of him trying to juggle his billionaire philanthropist <laughs> lifestyle yeah. with he really just wants to be Batman, and then failing all the time. And there's a lot of heavy Commissioner Gordon stuff in the comics, but you didn't really see any of that like they did with Gotham. They really focused on year one Jim Gordon stuff. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. So, I mean, based on the movie and everyone's criticism criticisms of it, like saying, oh, it's like doing something with the mental illness. Like, what was that going on with that part of the movie? Like, people were like, oh, you shouldn't, you should be 
be nicer to people that are mentally ill and like all this kind of stuff. Like, and I was hearing all these, like, I'm trying not to read too much about it, but I've been hearing like lots of like controversies over the movie. I think the controversy really mainly stems from the, um, the domestic terrorism aspect of it. Okay. Uh, you know, the, as far as the mental aspect of it, that, you know, that's the angle that the movie took with the character of the of the Joker, you know, and he is like a mentally unhinged character all throughout the movie where, you know, um, he's just unraveling and, you yeah. know, uh, and it's clear that he does have some sort of um, mental illness uh, that he's struggling with and has always struggled with. Um yeah, but in the end, he just completely falls apart and, and has such a disattachment with reality that, you know, of course, uh, his whole world is affected by it. And, you know, he's he's the Joker, basically, okay. the movie. Yeah, one of the things in the comics with Joker is, you know, he's mentally insane. They never really touch on why. And this kind of takes a different route of this is why and this is the origin story that we're going to portray of him and he has an illness that's not his fault in a way okay and they play upon that and like ray yeah. said with him him just being affected by it and his reality is just unraveling around them and yeah for what it's worth uh joaquin phoenix was great you know he, you know, he he's definitely a very good actor and i felt um he he brought something to the joker that we haven't seen before yeah and so, so the Joker, the, as a mo the movie, the Joker, is, is definitely the darkest interpretation or adaptation of the Joker that we've seen uh, thus far. Um, so, but it's different. It's very different from what you would expect a Joker movie to be. Um, so, yeah. That being said, it's definitely like the the darkest interpretation. Yeah. And if you want to lump it in with comic book movies, it's probably the, one of the more darker comic book movies ever made. Okay. You know, if you want to lump it in into yeah. like other comic book movies that have been out in the last uh, decade or so. And then with that, I mean, what, where would you guys rank the Jokers that have been played over the years? I always put Heath Ledger at the, the top, I think, that for him, but I haven't seen this movie yet, so it's kind of, I can't really compare yeah. right now. Yeah, I think you'll have a lot to say, though, or, or you know, uh, You'll know how how he'll rank in your mind or with yeah. your opinion once you see it. Um, like you just said, though, I would say like Heath Ledger to me was he was a great Joker. Um, he kind of, but he kind of like took from Jack Nicholson's mannerisms and performance and behavior and mixed it in with his own mannerisms and behavior. Um, so. Probably like I would say Heath Ledger's his performance was was still uh, top. Um, I'm kind of like weird to say that it is the best actually the best interpretation of the Joker, but um, I think we all can agree that yeah. Jared Leto was the worst, right? <laughs> I, I haven't even seen Suicide Squad, oh, really? so it was, I, I don't it was know. Terrible. Like, it was, I don't, well, I, all right, I, I had I actually did see maybe a half hour of it, but I didn't see any of the scenes that that Jared oh, Leto was in. So yeah, he was bad. Yeah, was was, was it really that bad? Like somebody yeah. told me, I only encountered one person that told me that that he was he actually did pretty good, but everyone else is like like that. <laughs> it's like one out of ten people think that he's good, but it's yeah, I don't know. 
wasn't good. Yeah, I, I I don't think that his was completely as awful as everyone said. It it was just a the look of him. Unique. Though, I don't know. It was yeah. a it was a unique modernized take on the Joker where he was uh you know I don't know like a millennial gangster. Yeah. <laughs> mixed with like yakuza with, with grills is where I kind of got yeah. that. But but yeah they they definitely went with a more modernized style on him and yeah you're right like all the all the tattoos and all that stuff if they remove all that stuff his performance wasn't terrible the writing in it was kind of messed up with some rewrites and whatnot and i would like to have seen him actually get a chance to carry a movie or even just to be somewhat of a more of a main villain in it yeah but you know that'll never happen but he definitely would rank lowest on my list just because there's so many other great jokers that are out there yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I would, in fact, I'd be bold to say though that Mark Jack Campbell. Nicholson, uh, Jared, not Jared Leto, Jack Nicholson, Jay uh, Leto, what are you? Keith <laughs> uh, Ledger and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, they're they're kind of like, they're kind of like bordering together, like in the same level, because they all bring different things to the table yeah. that are unique to to the Joker, and um. I think Joaquin Phoenix's interpretation of the Joker was really unique. And, um, you know, I mean, plus his acting talent on top of that, though, probably like, you know, in the end, I mean, right now, maybe not. He's the he's maybe maybe he's not considered the best Joker at this point. But maybe after people absorb this movie for, uh, you know, a longer period of time. You know, um, he'll probably be seen as like one of the best Jokers ever uh, portrayed on film. Especially with an Oscar, too. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Joe? Uh, it it comes down to personal preference. I believe Heath Ledger's was an amazing take on the Joker because it was kind of a little bit of some. There's a there's a rumor floating around that he was an ex-military soldier, or, you know, special ops or something along that line. And it was a, a form of PTSD, and then he just kind of snapped again with society, kind of like what they did in Joaquin Phoenix's role. But I like that Joker because, like you said, Ray, it was a mix of Jack Nicholson, and then it was the anarchist Joker. And that was a cool take on a more modernized Joker from the comics. But I go back to Jack Nicholson as the clown prince of crime is kind of my favorite take on the Joker. And he, he was the gentleman criminal, but he still portrayed that insane character with with certain ticks and you know his just his style to it and and that's what i like like it maybe it's nostalgia but i go back to that yeah well i think even the batman tv series too you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh oh, what's his name caesar romero was a great joker oh yeah he's a great joker and you think that was the only live action version of the joker that you had for what 20 some 30 Mm -hmm. years almost and everyone everyone viewed him as he's just a goofy clown and then when you took Jack Nicholson's version. It's like, okay, it's a mix of that. He's, yes, he's yeah. kind of the, the goofy clown, but he's going to just shoot someone in the head or he's just got this crazy, insane plan. And like, well, he's going up against the, the smartest man in the world. And well, that just goes to show, uh, you know, the difference between the generations too, because with the Joker, you know, he's kind of like a reflection of the, and when I'm set, talking about the Joker, I'm talking about the Joker as adapted in, film or tv of the uh, of the generation so you know he, he's kind of a reflection of, of the generation of the time like caesar romero was a reflection of of 
the generation of the time in terms of how he portrayed Joker. And Jack Nicholson definitely represents really our age group, Joe, like where yeah. he is like the gentleman Joker. And then, of course, you have the more dark and, uh, you know, um, <coughs> an archaic Joker who is like, you know, Heath Ledger. And that is like probably the generation after us where he more mm-hmm. represents, you know, um, like the millennials and so forth. And um, so, and this Joker is like totally like new school. Like he's this new Joker is just, you know, a lot darker because, you know, people these days want, like, you know, they want dark stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just not in the DC universe, that. really. But <laughs> we we definitely can't forget again. Go into our generation, Ray. Mark Hamill, even though it wasn't live action, Mark Hamill's yeah, portrayal of Joker and Batman the Animated Series. Oh, he's, just, he's I wish I wish he would get a chance to play to that character. Play Joker. Yeah. Live yeah, action. Yeah, I could see that. That you know, and I think people have been talking about that for years and he and he would have been great. Like now he's like kinda old for it, but you know, I mean, yeah, he his portrayal as a Joker in the animated series was that was groundbreaking and it was also groundbreaking for his career too, because it cemented him as a very respectable voice actor when he was still really considered like just Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You know, and so he was able to cross over from being Luke Skywalker or being a Hollywood actor and, and finding a real niche in in voice acting. And he made a real career out of it. And he's a, an extremely respectable voice actor. Oh, yeah. You know, um, he's a legend. He's a legend in terms of that. I know that one of the rumors floating around, there's that the CW TV series or they're all doing a crisis on the infinite earth multiverse crossover. And they were, they're supposedly a Batman beyond thing in there. And I know the Joker oh, well, wasn't, well, he, he wasn't really Joker really wasn't involved much in Batman beyond, but if you kind of hodgepodge stories, they did make go, an animated movie with Joker. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the early stuff with uh, what happened to, Jason Todd and or no it was Tim who was it was it Tim Drake I believe because he became the like the mini Joker and then the next version of the Joker they corrupted him but like I was saying that if you if you mix up a little bit of Batman Beyond and you mix up a little bit of the Dark Knight Returns Mark Hamill was the older Joker in the white suit you know crazy insane older wiser but more unpredictable well, yeah, he was like a, a, so you know, he, the clown have, prince, you know. Yeah. So he was the clown prince, but more demented than ever. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, he definitely took he definitely took influence from the way Caesar Romero portrayed the Joker, mm-hmm. who was just like a you know a, a very giddy uh, criminal, you know, um, with with a, a wicked sense of humor and just you know in your face and kind of gregarious and, and kind of demented, but not overly dark, but still like somebody that you wouldn't really want to mess around with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <clears throat> and then Jack Nicholson, like obviously he took that to the next level. He was still like a gentleman Joker in the same way. Uh, well, he added the gentleman Joker aspect, but he, but, um, I like, but he added like better. more of a, <laughs> more of the wicked criminal, element of the joker in there and see like you were saying ray about how joaquin phoenix he he's kind of a unique take on it i think that he's 
he's a smarter, more intelligent version of the Joker that has basis in a lot of those those you know Martin Scorsese style films or oh, yeah, yeah. stuff like Scarface. He, he's maybe it's more that the movie takes place in the seventies, but he, he kind of really Jersey has City that. Too. Feel. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would say it, it took place in the early 80s because there's actually a scene where they show there's a shot where the camera pans over and shows the marquee of, of a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And and um, the movies that are featured are um, Zorro the Gay Blade. And, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and something else, I think. There was another movie, too, though, which um, I don't know. It, it might have been something like Scarface. But Zorro the Gay Blade, I remember that was like on the marquee. And that's like 1981. Yeah. And, so late, late 70s, early 80s, I guess, yeah. is where you'd throw it I kind of like that. I, I kind of <laughs> like that style. And uh, like you were saying before, though, and again, this also ties to what I said before, where it took elements of, of the Joker from the comics, most notably the fact that, like, you know, um, some aspects of the Joker's origin, supposed origin that you would read about in the comics mm-hmm. may not necessarily be true. It could be com- a complete outri- uh, outright lie or it could mm-hmm. just like a gray area where it's kind of vague and you're not sure whether or not it's real or not. And so... That element in the movie is very prevalent, where you where they start to reveal things about the Joker at first, and you kind of be like, "Oh, this is the direction the direction they're taking," and and so so this is what where the Joker really comes from. But then it kind of gets like grayed up uh, by yeah. the middle of the movie, where it starts you start to to get a sense that maybe that's not really what has happened. Like you know, maybe that's like all in his mind or like uh, that's just him being infatuated with with what he believes where he came from yeah you know, or you know and, and so forth so yeah like um so I li- and i like that aspect a lot actually um where it was all great up there's like this big not to give away too much for you brian but yeah please don't there's a big connection <laughs> between the joker and bruce wayne's father thomas wayne okay and you know a big connection and 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 it's to the point where where the movie portrays the connection as a real connection, but then by the middle of the movie, you're like, you know, well, maybe there isn't that connection after all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Joe, of course, obviously understands exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you said, where throughout the whole movie, once you get to, closer to the end, you're like, all right, well, where did the lies actually start? Are they actually lies? Is that all of this a lie? Is none of this a lie? Who's really telling the story? And that's like, you, you kind of don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would have went that far, but maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's just how you interpret it, I guess. And what it definitely, I want to see it again. And I want to kind of, pay more attention and pick things apart there was one part that i wasn't sure about that i mentioned the ray that i thought maybe there was the same person in the beginning of movie that was at the end of the movie that shouldn't have been there or maybe it was just someone different and i didn't catch it Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what you're talking about what what do you mean the the therapist in the beginning oh yes yeah yeah. the social worker yeah like, like that part it's like i i could swear it was the same person but maybe i just we didn't see that person for so long in the movie, but yeah, she yeah. looked the same. Sure. And I mean, there's similarities for sure, but I'm not 100 percent sure if that actually was the same. So, to be honest with you, when I was watching it, I remember thinking maybe that is the same person. You know, I remember thinking like, oh, is that the same person? But 
Um, Should have looked at yeah. the end credits, maybe. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I don't know if they're going to be listed on IMDb as you know, <laughs> social worker slash nurse. All right. So let's let's finish finish this Joker review. Um, as so, if you were doing so, if you're doing a written review on our site out of five stars, what would you give it, Joe? I I would probably give it between a three and a half and a four. Wow. Okay. Because because I didn't think it was I didn't think it was yeah. bad at all. You know. You just didn't like the interpretation of, of it. For me, I talked to Ray about certain things on how the the Joker character was portrayed by the end, and that didn't sit well with me. Is that it? He felt like a, a folk hero in a way, and I don't know. That's just how I got my impression. Yeah, from that was it. The that other kinda, controversy. Was like oh putting this person on a pedestal that's mentally ill and causing havoc on everybody. And, kind of and, yeah. and Ray had a rebuttal for that, as he would say about it and his opinion on it. So I'll let him talk about that. But I, I think that, I, I think that it was carried by Joaquin Phoenix and I love the, the insanity of it. And even though it kind of sometimes skewered reality and messed with our minds, I thought that it was a, a unique movie. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So it, certainly, I'd agree with that too. That that it was definitely a unique movie, um, and that it definitely sparks like a lot of um, conversation and debate on it. And um, it is one of those movies where you kind of do have to, you know, um, watch again. And even when you're watching it again, you'll you might likely have another view or interpretation of the movie after watching it a second time. So I'm sure for myself, I'm probably going to watch it again. Um, I liked it a lot, actually. And you threw in the name Martin Scorsese. It's totally influenced by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I because got that for the trailer. One of Martin Scorsese's most underrated movies is a movie called King of Comedy with Robert De Niro, in which Robert De Niro plays um, a struggling com- uh, comedian who is obsessed with a talk show host, or another comedian in this case, um, and... Basically, that's like what happens, like in the Joker. Like, so, and Robert De Niro's in it. Robert De Niro's in it too. So, yeah. Like, you know, and he was great in it too. Robert De Niro was awesome, and Pretty I cool. think overall cool. it was a good movie acting wise. Like Joaquin Phoenix definitely carried the movie. Um, you know, uh, so. So how many overall stars? for from 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 a movie standpoint, uh, you know, setting aside all the comic book stuff. You know, I would say that it was it was almost excellent. It was a it was a, it's a four star movie in my opinion, okay. right. uh, out of five. And um, you know, um, I myself though had to set aside my expectations of how the Joker should be portrayed. And once I did that, I enjoyed the movie a lot more. Okay. And uh, of course, um, in regards to what Joe was saying about how he he interpreted the ending about. Um, you know, the Joker kind of being portrayed as a folklore um, hero. Yeah, you know, it kind of does seem that way. Um, but I kind of feel, though, that that, that wasn't something that smothered the ending. Uh, it, it, to me, it was just like anarchy took over the city of Gotham. And it wasn't so much the idea of, of a revolution happening where people were were idolizing Joker. I think it was just the beginning of like um, seeing how much you know crime was smothering Gotham at that point, and and how anarchy began to take over, and how lawlessness and stuff like that began to you know of course um, kind of put its meat hooks into into the city of Gotham. 
And, so, and I can I can see that, Ray, like your point of view on that, because if you think Batman year one, Gotham is a terrible place. Gotham is riddled with crime and murder. Right, and, right. and and I think that maybe that's an aspect of you on it is that, yeah, these these were people that were, you know, it, it portrayed them poor people, the lower class that were getting stepped over and spit on and all that I stuff. I think and, and about I, it too. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe. Go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say. I just think that yeah, that that could be if they continue on with what they were doing, leading up to how bad Gotham City really gets. To yeah, maybe right. lead into a, a, a Batman thing if they wanted to. So I could see that, but I still overall my feeling is that it was kind of uh, maybe unintentional, but that's how I felt that the Joker was when I. That was the main thing that didn't sit well with me is that. These people, the regular people, were idolizing him. Well, see, so, so, and and here's a counterpoint to that. that I feel that, which you might find interesting is that if you watch, if you go back and 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 follow the movie too, and think about uh, many of the random characters that were in this movie, you know, they were all pretty despicable or had some sort of like. Um, you know, um, bad intention, you know, uh, as a character, like the kid, there's these kids in the beginning that just like basically beat up on, on the Joker character. You know, you, you have like the shady guy that, uh, works with the Joker. Um, you know, um, the guy that gave him the gun and stuff like that. Like, you know, he's, he's kind of shady. Yeah, you had these, you had those you had those guys in the subway train. Th- those were assholes too. All right, you know, so, assholes in it. Yeah, yeah. So everyone, so everyone, kind of like, you know, in Gotham, like no one's really innocent in Gotham. Like there, I, I feel like a lot of the people that are that are like wicked in Gotham, those are the people that gravitated towards the Joker that you really see come out and start like the chaos in the streets uh, by the end of the film. Just remember, so, though, Ray, that the nicest person in the entire movie was the midget. Yeah, that's true. He was <laughs> little, little person, little person. <laughs> it's it's okay to yeah, call him. He's kind of, and, and it was kind of it was kind of sad to see. All right, where bleep the dwarf out like Peck. Yeah, it's like you know you can't say, you can't say that anymore. It's, it's kind of sad to see like where his fate ultimately you know was going. You know. All right. This is another crazy scene. That's another crazy scene too. <laughs> He's just gonna I, bleep I, out. Don't I, bleep I, out I, the I, <laughs> Don't forget, Swamp Thing was in it. Wait, no, no. Let's not talk about Swamp Thing. Uh, let's talk about Comic Con. Let's let's go back to that. Um, All right. We wanted a Joker chant tangent, which I wanted to do at the end of this, but that was fine. We did in the beginning. We just we just switched it up because we, we did it, it Thursday, not Friday. So that was the beginning right, of. So work. how? So how, What was your day like, Joe? When you on Thursday, did you was were like was it annoying with the press badge and getting in and or just? No, actually, on Thursday they. The people that were standing outside, which usually, you know, have the signs and direct you to where you need to go. Yeah. There was only two of them on the road that we were heading down. We went to breakfast and we went right down towards the Javits Center. And they apparently sent my friend Ray and Ray here on a tourist tour of the you know lower Manhattan or something because I went in and I was in probably about an hour before them. Wow. And I don't know if it was just because they weren't directing people right. There was everyone was going to the one door when there was another door to the right of the blue crystal uh, entrance that I needed to go to. Okay. That people were apparently getting in there fairly easily, and I don't yes, think anyone yeah. was. The, the logistics of the volunteers or the staff outside—they just had no clue what was going on at all. 
Okay. Yeah, but, and, and basically, yeah, basically, um, me and uh, and Joe's other friend Ray, like, we were like literally like standing in the rain for almost an hour just to get in. Ugh. And and we went we went a completely opposite direction that that you would normally go to get inside uh, the Javits compared to previous years. And so, they had that they had that whole front road barricaded off for some reason that you couldn't just cross over. But people were getting in that way. The people were getting in from from the other um, from the other side, though, which is kind of yeah. Weird. You, you had to go down another street. They had an entrance to go right in because me and Ray went in on Friday. We went in that way, and he got in literally ten minutes after me. Okay. Oh, uh, but they were still directing on Friday. They were still directing people the the way that we we initially went. Well, uh, we no. went we what I think we were on what thirty seventh Street when we went down the first time. We went thirty fourth Street directly from where we were staying and we just walked straight through there because that had the other entrance and that had easier access to the press entrance. Yeah. I was in, I was literally in in two minutes and then Ray was in in like ten minutes. Mm. Well and you I know was- for 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 people like like us in our group that got there relatively early, uh, you know, like we all expected to be in there by ten and honestly like I myself really didn't get inside the Javits until like 1045 or something like that maybe even closer to 11 yeah it was crazy because i had stuff i had stuff that i was planning on doing as soon as they came in with me expecting them to be like 10 minutes behind me and i i literally went i went to cgc to make sure i got paperwork for some comics i was getting signed to get a signature volunteer for the next day i went to uh marvel booth to get a free comic they had for me set aside with being a card member for MasterCard, and then I went to the Tops Marvel booth that was giving away posters, and then I was walking around Artist Alley and the floor, waiting on them. Like you guys, you know so you what's saw, going you on? You saw everything before they even got inside. <laughs> they really, it wasn't, and there, there definitely weren't. It, it was like I had an early release because only the middle area and maybe some of that lower level were getting in. Oh wow! And the and you had free reign on most of the floor. There just weren't a lot of people in there yet. So what was on the floor this year, like as far as booths and like uh, exhibits and other kind of stuff? I know that uh, sometimes I had, they have Star Wars stuff and like that kind of stuff. They were they were focusing on, there was a lot of like mobile game stuff I seen. Um, I I did some press with Arcade 1-Up that were the ones that are releasing the arcade cabinets, like the retro arcade cabinets, the mini ones. Okay. Uh, they had they had a giant 16-foot-tall Marvel Super Heroes arcade game that me and Ray got a chance to nice. play. So who did you guys... Uh, yeah, it, it, seemed, it seems like they definitely really pushed like the gaming aspect a lot more than they ever had in Comic-Con. So, yeah, there were a lot of, like, uh, you know, game type of exhibits and, and you know, um, things that are being featured that revolved around video games and stuff like that. I noticed that. that last year, too. Yeah, it was like that and anime, It's more prevalent. Yeah, it's, yeah yep. it's, it's clearly more prevalent this year than it's ever been. I think Sony had a Predator video game set up. They were demoing the, there's the upcoming Avengers game that's coming out for Xbox and PS4 and all that. And they were, they actually had lines and maybe like, I don't know, a dozen stations for people to play it. And there were lines just all around the booth to to get in and demo it. I was able to just stand and watch it, and it looked pretty cool. It's it's almost like a third person action adventure Avengers game that's more realistic. Uh, I don't know it looked uh, a lot like some of the old last generation movie games, like the Iron Man 
video games they release, but much better graphics and full Avengers roster, but not based in the MCU, but kind of. Joe uh, and I, uh, Joe and I also got to play the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Nice, oh, I love yeah. that one. Where, where thought- like basically it was like limitless lives, and like yep. we, if we wanted to, we could have like played the whole entire game and finished it. Which which one? <laughs> which characters did you guys play? Uh, I was Donatello, and I think Joe was Leonardo. Yeah, I gave us Leonardo. That's I usually go my with boy. those two. Yeah, those two are usually the <laughs> ones I go with. They had the reach. They were the ones that you'd play. You could get them yeah. because they had a little extra reach. I haven't played that game in like 25 years probably. <laughs> what, was re- what was really cool at, at the arcade one-up setup is that as you walked around, it reminded me of my youth. It, being kind of a mall rat, you walked around and there was so many people gathered around. They had... I don't know, maybe like two dozen different arcade stations from their various games. Like maybe there's like five or six Ninja Turtles, the Marvel superheroes, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. And there was just people huddled around them everywhere playing them. Mm. And they're uh, most of them are four players. So they're just people waiting in line. And it, yeah. it just reminded me of back in the day when you'd put your quarters on the <laughs> on the cabinet. And be like, All right, I'm next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, but it was completely free, though. So, like, you know, I mean, yep. if you saw a spot, you grabbed it and you can just play away. And if you really wanted to, you could have been there all day and just, like, play video games. Yeah, well, That's what the Ninja know. Turtles game takes about a half an hour to finish. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I finished it dozens of times easily. But I always wonder that. Like, I'm always walking around the floor and I'm like, you come here first thing in the morning and then you just line up to play video games. I don't know, it's kind of like I don't get get that. Well, they were they were releasing some uh, arcade cabinets that they didn't have any you know lead up to, and they just surprised people and released them and premiered them at Comic Con. Okay. They were the do you ever see the the flat bar arcades style things like Pac Man, and there were some Street Fighter ones. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and then they were offering deals because usually those cabinets, like the Ninja Turtles ones, five hundred bucks. The Marvel superheroes ones four hundred bucks, but then they've had ones that have been out. They were offering a deal on the Street Fighter one that was like two hundred, and then you could order them directly from there with free shipping as a convention exclusive. But yeah, I was yeah say, how you're do you right. Carry that around the floor. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> they didn't have them there. You could order it. They'll okay, ship it to okay. your house. But but yeah, you're right. Most of Comic Con is really about standing in line. Whether you're in Artist Alley, whether you're taking trying piss, to get yeah. get to a panel. Yeah, you're going to the bathroom. You're waiting for two four inch diameter tacos for twelve dollars. I know my brother's like, how is this fun for people? It's <laughs> <laughs> so much crowd. Oh really? He didn't like he didn't like no, the, uh, the like, Comic Con experience? Yeah, he was just kinda like it was it's just too crowded and he's like, I walked on the floor once, I'm like, Yeah, I don't know. But really that's your like- brother your yeah. brothers have been always like that though. Yeah. He's, well, like, he's definitely not a Comic Con person. And I, I, I mean, I get that point. That's why I always just I'm like, I go stand by the entrance ways where the cosplay people are and just go back and forth at that and take pictures. And then if, if I see a break in the crowds, I'll just go there and, and walk on the floor until I can't take it anymore. But I think like, um, what I really appreciated about Comic-Con and I didn't really appreciate it until really um, the last two years was like the whole panel aspect, go, like going to the panels. Yeah. Do you guys um, see any? Those were always fun, except this year I actually didn't really see too many panels. The only panel I went was like one with Joe, which was um, a very small panel, and it just dealt with um, you know the IDW comics and then talking about their their new releases or whatever. 
Yeah, and Matt, so Matt saw Billy D. Williams, so he's. I guess I think that took that, up most of that that time. Yeah, that, I would have loved to have gone to that though. And I've seen, I saw his pictures too. His pictures are great. Yeah, and um, he's like, yeah, he's, it he seems, seems like he was right there. He was like, <laughs> like a, right up front. Yeah, because you know, like he so. was using. Uh, yeah, he had his he had his ways ways of getting up getting up close, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, he's like, Bro, was that just the lens though? Was that just him zooming in? Yes, or? <laughs> yes, yes, the lens. Yes, and. Uh, <laughs> And then, but he's like, oh, Billy D, he's like, he just seemed like he was bored to be there. He's old. And it's like, some guys like asking questions like about Sarlacc Pit, like, oh, how, what, what would you take into Sarlacc Pit if to survive? Like these like stupid, well, nerdy questions. <laughs> well, I, mean, I actually saw, because of the, the, good, the good thing too, though, is that with panels, even if you miss them live while, while you're at Comic-Con, um, most of them get filmed and just like put on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I saw San a little Diego bit of, one, yeah. I did see a little bit of, um. Billy D. Williams like panel and the type of questions they were asking him uh, during uh, that panel. Yeah, and like somebody asked a really great question uh, about pertaining towards Billy D. Williams' part in the original Batman movie, Tim Burton's Batman movie. Yeah, where where um you know the possibility of him um, portraying Two Face in later movies. And like he totally delved into it and answered that question and said, yeah, you know, like um, yeah, heard that, that yeah. would have been planned, and he would have loved to have done that. And he t- and and he felt though that he that he definitely would have brought like a unique quality to a Two Face if he had that opportunity. And again, of course, he also mentioned that he loved like playing just Harvey Dent. And so I thought that was you know probably like one of the better questions. So yeah, and I and that was to me it's just like. It kind of swayed away from like the usual Star Wars banter that that people would probably normally ask him about. Yeah, you should have should have asked him what's his favorite kind of robot to have sex with. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably wouldn't have any idea what that's about because because I'm sure he didn't really watch like the solo movie. I'm sure he's heard about it. And yeah, he probably's heard maybe, about it. Maybe but. that was based on some one of his like memoirs or something. It's like. They they took that one line and went with it. So the only panel you saw was for that small one, or Joe? Did you see any other ones? Uh, no, I saw a couple of the IDW ones. Which one with Ray? They were focusing on like graphic novels and their publishing aspect of it. And another one of theirs was their upcoming comic books that they have coming out. Some of their releases, but I didn't get a chance either to go set with any of the big ones. Usually, when I do the coverage for DC and Warner Brothers, that they'll have some kind of premiere or panel, but most of those I think were on Sunday uh, and I was Saturday. only up there Saturday yeah. or Sunday. It yeah. Was like so walking dead one. And there was, uh, I think the biggest ones were walking dead and star Trek, which yeah, happened. They're all, on they're all at MSG. And it's like, do you wait? Do, I, see, I never went to one of those because I didn't know. Me, do you have to just wait? Do you just wait for that all day? And that's it. Like, I don't yeah, know. probably. That, yeah. It's I know frustrating. that I know that usually, usually how they did it with the, the DC animated stuff that I cover is that we would do the, the interviews, which I did interviews on the wonder woman bloodlines movie that just come out. And then right after that would be the panel, but that was set up Friday at like five thirty to six twenty, and there was there as far as I know, there was no panel right afterwards. I wasn't invited to a panel with it or any kind of premiere. I think those were later on in the weekend. Probably just availability of the actors was. But I did I did get to talk to Rosario Dawson for a little bit, which was pretty cool. You did? Yeah. Yeah, you got pictures of her on the on the website. Yeah, with those with those roundtable discussions, she was only there for you know 
What were you talking four, about? Three, what, so minutes. what was this? Um, Cause she, she's asking she voices, about Cory Booker. What do you, what do you <laughs> <laughs> she was, she does the voice of Wonder Woman in the last few of the, the there's with the DC animated stuff. There's kind of the offshoot one shot ones that they do. And then they actually have a shared universe. And she's been Wonder Woman in the, some of the shared universe ones, like the Death and Return of Superman. And then this is a Wonder Woman kind of origin story in a way, like her more modern version. And just, you know, questions about talk, like how she views voice acting differently than, you know, live action. And what are some of the things she likes about Wonder Woman? And, they, you know, those type of questions. And, and you're like, there was literally probably... 20 people around the table that we were at and it was just kind of like get in when you can get your question mm-hmm. in and then hope that you still have time afterwards that's usually how those go but mm-hmm. yeah um any crazy incidents or anything happen or you see anything like i don't know something fun <laughs> uh well I, on friday i had a vip meet and greet with kevin eastman who's co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. I got to get some books signed. I got to chat with him for a little bit, which was really cool. I've been trying to get to a convention that he's been at for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he's usually either way up north, like cause from Connecticut and yeah. uh, New Hampshire area, or he's like at the San Diego Comic-Con and whatnot. But I finally got the VIP treatment, you know, got some of my... I had a third printing of the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that I got this past summer, got that signed, and then I had the signature series have it sealed away and graded, waiting on that. Is, how much back. is it for like autographs for like that? You, is that they how they were offering his deal? Is that it was there was some free stuff on a first come first serve basis for a little later in the weekend, and you weren't guaranteed anything, but his package was a $100 package. I ended up getting a deal on it, got got it for $80. You got three things signed. They gave you a limited edition print, only available at New York Comic Con, and three exclusive Ninja Turtles comics with variant covers on it. So you got a little bit extra. Okay. And I took, like I said, I took a couple comics, and then I have an original Ninja Turtles poster from the first movie that I got him to sign, hanging up on my wall right now. Mm-hmm. But that was That was pretty cool. Uh, Ray, remember on the Friday after we seen Joker at our same theater, there was an incident where someone was kind of oh yeah trouble. Oh yeah, and that got on the news too. So why wow, what happened like, with that? Uh, um, well, there that was the next day, right? That was that yeah. Friday. Yeah, that was so, Friday. One of the shows. So like, so the same theater that we went to see Joker, which is basically AMC twenty five and Times Square. Yeah. Um. There was a screening of the Joker where where somebody made a disruption at, at one of the shows, and um, and he of course I think he was either detained or arrested, but it was some it was just some like schmuck that ruined the the movie going experience for everyone, where like he went into to the show, and um, people actually saw him take a, an entire bottle of alcohol and put it into like his drink, so he was clearly getting like like drunk. Yeah, they said. And, they said that he was every time that there was uh, some violence or murder scene that he was standing up and cheering and <laughs> yeah he was cheering and 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 everyone around him was like telling him like to basically shut, shut the, the fuck, fuck up, up and like sit down <laughs> and get out of here and all this stuff and he was spitting on people yeah and stuff oh. like that and 
that's yeah, what I was like, I know kind the of, the cops came. Yeah, I was kind of like worried about going to see that because it's like all the the threats and stuff to it. But I was like, eh, maybe I'll wait a couple of weeks to, to let things yeah. die down. But think about think about it too, though. That happened like uh, several years ago when when yeah, that Night kid Rises. that dressed yeah. up as Joker and he went yeah. to like a movie uh, and he Aurora. ended up like shooting. Yeah, you know, and and um. You know, and I can see, you know, of, of course, um, the theaters being very cautious with this type of movie that, you know, rightfully so, um, especially like with the screening that we went to, because the screening that we went to, Joe, which was like on the first night of Comic-Con, there uh, could have easily been people like dressed up as Joker trying to get it in to like, yeah. like watch the, the, uh, the movie. But, you know, um, I mean, uh, chalk that up to, I guess, like policy, you know, uh, where they just I, I read some theaters. Wow. Yeah, a lot of theaters were allowing people in costume, but I, I read that there were specifically, I don't know where they were, but there were theaters that were banning anyone in costume from yes, attending the movie. And then there was a little, there was a little joke going around that somebody posted up at one of the, I don't know, I think it was a Cinemark theater. Right. They posted a thing up that said people weren't allowed to go see the movie if they were alone. Yeah, you had to be, singles, you had to be in singles like a, were banned. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> funny. And then the person, now, then that, now that person's banned. <laughs> yeah. Banned for life. That's funny. But what if you really wanted to see the movie? Or you just wanted to yeah, fucking see? Yeah, I mean, I guess you have to rent a friend. <laughs> rent a friend. That's a good service. <laughs> um, uh, so another Joker detour. Yeah. yeah. Detour. So, but that, that was probably the most, you know, off the wall thing. It didn't even happen to us. It was yeah. fairly tame. There was, there was no fights. There was no crazy. I think there was someone that might have passed out from you know heat stroke or exhaustion or something that they well, had Tom some people giving them water <laughs> but, but uh, other than that yeah it, I don't think there was anything really crazy and over the top happening was there anything seemed, that you missed or that you wish you saw or people you got to talk to or anything well other than my friend Ray missing his one panel on Thursday because it took an hour to get in but oh. <laughs> um, no I had I had some press coverage that I did I managed to talk to uh, his name was John. He was the senior vice president of business and licensing for the arcade one up stuff. Talk about some of the new games that were coming out possibly. And like what, you know, the fandom thinks about the cool, like the, those cool arcade cabinets. Uh, we went through a little fan experience thing for the expanse, the, the Amazon show that used to be the sci-fi show, which was kind of, kind of corny. Ex- but I've been seeing a lot of stuff about that. What is the expanse? And a it's quick, it's quick rundown of it. <laughs> it's, it, from I, I honestly I never watched it. I've been interested in it. Uh, all that I know is it's it's a sci-fi show where the universe, like our galaxy, has expanded so much, and they've colonized most of the galaxy, and they're mm-hmm. they're dealing with a lot of politics and a lot of um, you know just insane space stuff that's going on. And it's on the fourth season now. Amazon took over after Sci-Fi canceled it. And they already greenlit a fifth season. So it's one show that I have had interest in and I wanted to take a look at. It reminds me, I forget the name of the show way back. I think it was the 90s. It was it was called like Earth 2, I think. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I remember that. It, that's what it reminds me of, but not knowing much about it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. And of course, I was involved in that too. <laughs> uh, um, going to that exhibit, the, um, the Expanse exhibit. And it was okay, you know. I mean, there wasn't really much to it. Uh, they put you in a seat uh, <laughs> where the massage. It, it, it was like it was basically chair. like the cockpit of a ship, but you know, and 
the first thing that you see sitting down in the seat is this screen that it appears to be interactive. And at first I'm like, all right, there's a joystick in front of me. Like, so I go to the lady that's like moderating the whole thing. And I'm like, so am I controlling this? Like, the, am I moving like the ship? And then she's like, no. And then, and then she just pushes a button and basically the seat begins to vibrate. Like I'm actually <laughs> controlling something, but that's all it was. It was just like a vibrating seat and, and like the monitor in front of you is just, you know, um, a scan of like mountains and stuff and you're not really controlling anything. In the, in the presser that I got from it, it sounded like they're saying, well, you, you go into the ship. I can't think of what the name of the ship was off the top of my head. But you go into the ship and you can travel to the next season as you travel to the next planet where they're going to colonize. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, everyone's sitting there and it might be like a little movie thing that's kind of somewhat interactive. And you get yeah, a, exactly. a trailer of the next season. But it's just like, okay, you sit there and it, it looks like you're you're studying, you know, mountain ranges and then – there's like a spot that lights up red and they're like, you're landing there. It's like, okay, thanks. Yeah, exactly. The lady kept on saying, now you're going to land. I'm like, but I don't even have to touch anything. I'm not landing yeah. anything. What are you talking about? It's all, it's all autopilot in the okay. future, right? Yeah. Well, that was like, so, well, from me going to Star Wars uh, and Galaxy's Edge, when I was doing the Millennium Falcon, I was, yes. I, I liked the ride, but it felt like I was pushing all the buttons and stuff because I wasn't pilot, pilot, I wasn't a pilot. So, I just felt I was a gunner, so, and Connor was a gunner too. <laughs> no, but you actually, but you were actually controlling stuff though when you were pushing the buttons. Yeah, because there's two people, there's two people that are, that pilot it, and then I was the gunner. So I just have you push the, it turns up green when you got to push the button. So I just felt like the entire time I was just pushing things, which I wish it was more automated. That was the only problem I think with it. With I, maybe if it, if I was a pilot, I would think differently. But as a counteractive to to that i don't know some things i wish were kind of automated in a way that was way more interactive than our experience yeah Yeah, our experience was just like get a photo opportunity uh, you know and even the photo opportunity was kind of whack because like the guy was just like stand in you know here and stand here Don't, don't like step Joe, spot for Joe's like trying to be all photogenic, and Joe's like, "Let's do this and let's do that." And the guy was immediately like, "Just stand, like stationary." <laughs> and like, it looks picture, like an awkward family photo. It yeah, totally the does. picture's just like us going like this, like following the guy's direction. And within two seconds, it's done. The guy's just like, "Click, we're done." And we got like, you know, we stepped out and we were like given like this little tin cup thing. So I mean, it's just uh, okay. Well, I mean, there's there suspense, which I'll probably never watch because I don't have Amazon. Some, there must be Amazon. some popularity to it because there was a whole bunch of people lined up around the, the exhibit. Yeah. But we were able to because we had a press appointment. We were able to just skip all those schmucks and then move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I would have had much, uh, much more fun time at the um, like the other um, exhibit that that you encountered like last year, which was like the Spider-Man exhibit. Uh, oh yeah. That one was pretty cool. The Star they, Wars they went one in I it. did two years ago, two, two years ago. Uh, it was really awesome too, but the Spider-Man one, it had you, you kind of, they had you crawl in and you were in Peter Parker's apartment as you like come That's into cool. Spider-Man, but everything was upside down. And then they told you to do a Spider-Man pose, something like that. And then they took a picture and gave you a picture. And then they gave me a golden ticket that I went and you were able to go meet, the, the, I can't think of his name, but the kid that plays Ned Flanders, go meet him, and he was signing slipcovers to Homecoming for the people that got the golden tickets. <laughs> Ned Flanders? You mean Ned Leeds? Oh, Ned Leeds, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, Ned Flanders was there. I wish. <laughs> <Diddly-dilly>. <laughs> 
I was just watching the Treehouse Over Marathon, so uh, he's stuck in my brain, in the left side of my brain. He's a very key figure in the Spider-Man <laughs> universe too. So, <laughs> great. Well, the one, the, the, so the Star Wars one that they did two or two, two or three years ago for Comic Con, I think it was really awesome because it's like you you went inside and then you're sitting there, and all of a sudden like they have resistance people coming in, all the stormtroopers come in, and then like guys getting like. Then Kylo Ren shows up, and then he does the force, and the guy goes like flies up the wall with like holding his throat, and then there's BB-8 in there. That's it was awesome. like, so it was like I think it was like a they were testing doing a test run before Galaxy's Edge a little bit, and I was yeah, happy, happy I, I kind of yeah. I kind of because you mentioned you made a like a, an off comment where like it was awesome, but there should have been more extras or more people like dressed up in costumes yeah. or interactive. Um, costumed, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's more people. like more immersive, like because it it was cool. Like I was like tying my shoe, and all of a sudden, like I, I look up and I'm thinking there's spaceships over me because the sounds of spaceships and stuff. So like that that part is cool, it, but it wasn't like I just felt like there needed to be more robots and actors and characters walking around. Well, what about like, the, the 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 cantina though? You're in the cantina, right? Like yeah. So were there a lot of people like in in masks and costumes? No, they have like, like the one. Re- they have the one robot DJ Rex that does like the, the all the music for it, but then they have all the waiters and and people doing like kind of like talking, you know, Star Wars stuff every once in a while. Wait, was it what was the cantina there though? Was it like an actual restaurant? Yeah, or? it's an actual like bar. And so we got so I had tried like the blue milk and and I had like a little <laughs> cookie on it. I love the blue milk. Blue milk actually. with liquor? <laughs> no. Did you drink it from the tap? No, uh, <laughs> no. So blue, the blue milk has like it, the one in the cantina is thirteen dollars, and it was like it was just pretty much milk with blue, you know, blue stuff in it with blueberry like flavor. But then you go into the land, they're eight dollars each for blue and green milk, and it's blue. The blue one has like a blueberry flavor to it, and the green one has like a citrus. So I mean, I like the blue blueberry one better. But I ended up getting that went three times at Galaxy's Edge, and I'm getting a blue milk. Each time it went, it was just like it was just so good. So, um, but yeah, I just felt like the stormtroopers were really cool, and then I didn't really see uh, Kylo Ren walking around uh, when I went the three times that I went. But, you, I saw, but like, you saw like Poe or something. Like Poe was running around with Chewbacca or no, something. No, it like wasn't right? Poe. It's just like some just random like other Star Wars type resistance people walking around. Oh, really? Oh, I, I could have sworn I, I saw a picture with Poe running around no, or something. No, it was just like a cast member dressed up as like a, you know, rebel uh, resistance person with Chewbacca and then, yeah, and then they have like certain, and then there's like the, you go into the one of the stores and it got one of the, like the hammerhead looking guy and he, he runs the joint and then he, you know, he's just, it's like an animatronic just pushing buttons. So that was kind of cool. I was seeing guys dropping like $500 on things. I'm like, I was getting a $40 lightsaber. <laughs> oh, that's what you bought? You bought a lightsaber? Yeah. yeah. Well, Connor wanted it. I'm like, well, me, me too. <laughs> Another thing about this uh, yeah, Comic-Con. Connor, Connor wanted it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Use that as an excuse now. Another thing about this Comic-Con too, though, is that I definitely didn't spend as much money as I normally would at Comic-Cons. And, what I, what what little money that I did spend on uh, at Comic Con? Well, actually, like I'm pretty satisfied with what I got because I ended up buying like a <laughs> there was like a Walking Dead like loot box, which was just fifty dollars, and it had a ton of shit in there, which was oh like, yeah, for fifty dollars, like there's like there was something like six like exclusive like action figures in there, and like you know um, Merle's cut off hand and. <laughs> <laughs> well, it had some funny stuff though, like Ezekiel's Ezekiel's socks are in it. <laughs> you know, uh, like 
there was like a snow cap, like a like a Walking Dead snow cap in there, and um, you know, like don't, uh, don't forget the graded comic. The graded comic was like pretty awesome too. You know, like like this alone is like at least fifty dollars, and then this was like in the package. Yeah, usually it costs like thirty dollars just to get things graded. So right there, you got a yeah. comic that was graded worth thirty bucks plus the the variant cool. comic. Right. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I, I, you know, um, I just wish I could have had the opportunity to have this get this have this uh, signed because um, this particular comic had Art Adams. Do the variant cover on this, and and we saw Art Adams at at uh, Artist Alley. Yeah, which a Godzilla print from him, a Godzilla print from. I wanted, if I was going to go on the Sunday, which I didn't, but I was uh, one artist that I that he's always been an influence of mine is Bill Plimpton. He was there at Artist Alley. He did all like the liquid television stuff on MTV and like the mm-hmm. like really cool animation stuff. But he was there, and I was like, oh, I probably would have like maybe would have spent some money to. Uh, to get one of his prints or something signed or to something that was definitely a highlight uh, and that was basically like the first hour of, of me being in comic-con is just walking around our artist alley with joe and and um you know meeting and greeting like some of the artists there and that's yeah. always a highlight and um yeah we we like we we hung out and talked to for a little while uh, with um with uh, Billy Tucci, who does this, the the uh, the she comic, which is like a like an independent comic, and this guy's like super super interactive with with. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's you know, never in his booth. He's outside of his booth talking to people all oh, the time. Just talking to people he's and actually types, wanting yeah. actually wanting to talk to people versus some other artists that that are there that just really don't want to be there <laughs> yeah just buy my prints fuckers <laughs> yeah that's really it yeah, yeah or let me do this commission and don't fucking talk to me while yeah. i'm doing this commission yeah i mean it, it is cool walking down there too just to see them doing art too it's like watching bob ross do stuff you know yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah, like, you know. like last year me and ray with uh eric larson just he's so fun to watch how he draws he just draws it all like claw handed and it's yeah. just it's just so cool to see him he's just like he can draw and talk to 15 oh, really? people at like the same that? time yeah like, he, he's, he, he draws like, like a side like he kind of holds it and he's on his side and he's like this and he's yeah, drawing he's like, he literally is like lobster hands like trying, <laughs> trying to like draw but yeah, it's like bird. but his artwork is awesome and it's just like holy shit that's how he draws <laughs> yeah it's just such a unique take on it you don't realize how everyone's so different with what they yeah. do and he's super friendly too though Eric Larson is actually a very like easy um you know not he's not standoffish in other words he's like, nope. an easy approachable person to the point there there were some people that didn't want to interrupt him because he was in the middle of doing a commission for someone he's just like i don't know what, what do you want and he just talked to him he's still drawing he's talking yeah. to him and then he'd stop drawing what he's doing because they wanted to have some books signed or get or have like a selfie or whatever yeah yeah which we did. I think we did that. Like when we met him, like last year, we were like, "Hey, can you stop drawing that so we can have a selfie with you?" And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, sure. <laughs> was just like Ray, Ray, Ray with Billy Tucci. He's just like, uh, you know, what color do you want me to sign this with? He's like, oh, you know, let me try this, and then he signs a book. What was it? Was it like gold or was it silver or something yeah, and, like that? And he he signed it in in and on a cover where you could barely see like the the, the signature. So I'm kind of like, uh, and then he like looked at me and he's like. He's like, oh, you don't like it? He's like, all right, well, let's get you another copy. And like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll sign. We'll just, someone so else will cool. take this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so cool. He didn't give a fuck. He was just like, hey, he goes, how about, 
how about silver? Silver's gonna stand out. <laughs> so he's like, this is beautiful. Here yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Ray seen him sign my book in silver, and he's like, yeah, 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 I want that. And he's just like, that's fine. I'll get you another cover. I don't care. <laughs> But yeah, well, but he was like animated about it though. He was like, "Yeah, hey, let's do it." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> he's like, "Let's get the silver pen for you." <laughs> and then the guy says, "The the guy says, oh, if you guys want anything, just let me know.'" It was, I guess, his assistant or someone that was helping him out. And Ray's literally there as as Billy Tucci's off to the side talking to someone, and this guy's just like looking around. Ray's standing in front of the guy, waving his hand in the air like "hello," trying to get yeah. his attention. I was like, "This," like right I'm in front him. of the guy. I'm going, "Yo, I'm right here, man." Like. <laughs> And the guy's like, huh? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How can I help you? Five, five minutes later, he's like, hey, yeah, what do you need? <laughs> um, was there any other, like, photo op type booths? Like, remember, like, we did that Chucky the one year, and then, like, oh, yeah, was, like, I was looking psycho. for things like that. Um, but surprisingly, there weren't, like, a lot of things like that. There were more, to me, more than anything this year, there were more of, like, those type of exhibits where, you know, um, like there was like an ex- like like dab smack in the middle of the floor, you'd run into an exhibit of like the Star Trek costumes or something like that. Oh yeah, you know, Props or the Game of Thrones costumes mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, so seen, there, there it, it seemed a- like there was more of that than the actual interactive photo op uh, booths that we encountered that one year, Brian. Like yeah. you know, like you said, like the chucking, and I would have loved to have like found something like that and just like you know had fun with it, but. Nothing really jumped out to me in terms of like those type of, uh, you know, those type of uh, photo op boots. I know, I know. Last year, I think it was either last year or the year before, they had a Ninja Turtles one. They had a SpongeBob one this year, but you know, I'm not a fan. Ninja, of, yeah, I did the Ninja Turtles last year. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of SpongeBob, but there was a lot of people around there. But like Ray said, it. it Definitely didn't seem like there was much of those floating around other than as you go in the main entrance, there was kind of like two off to each side. Yeah, I, I, you know, I felt and I think I mentioned it to you, too, Joe, while we were there, that it kind of it kind of seemed different. The Comic-Con itself, like, kind of seemed a little different than than previous years where they they, they tried to change up things a, a little bit. Based on mix the photos, it, up it seemed a lot more crowded, too, but I saw yeah, this photo. On, on a Thursday photo, or? or just uh, just in general, like it just seemed like the crowds were way up, like and just hard to walk, you know, based on from what I've seen in photos. I I, I think Friday was Thursday it was still it still Thursday felt was- the same Thursday like crowd wise, but like I was talking to Ray, we, like we were saying it it did. I don't know if it was because they're focusing like more like what San Diego Comic Con did and and moving Maybe. to more more of the mainstream media and like interactive TV yes. and uh, the streaming stuff and you know they then, were definitely then focusing have- more on that on the media aspect of things. Mm. Well, it seems like yeah, near Comic Con's more TV and then San Diego's the movie stuff. Just because seems like new york is more well TV new york is more about like to me it's like more new york is like more comic oriented and and um san diego is more hollywood oriented so yeah, you have yeah, yeah. more of like the movies and the tv stuff and and the guests are more about you know what they appeared in like you know like you know there's celebrity guests or they're actors or something like that we're out here it's more about 
the featured guests are like the comic artists themselves or the writers and stuff like that. Yeah, they did have some signings there through CGC. And I know that at one point, Frank Miller was signing stuff. Jim Lee was signing stuff. Chris Claremont was signing stuff. It seemed like so, a I mean, lot of good guests this year. Yeah. As far as comic people go, like, yeah, definitely the the higher named comic artists. Well, this is uh, celebrities in general, like Paul Rudd, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. But Ryan then, Reynolds had a panel there too, believe it or not. Yeah, 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 he showed up and then Yeah, he showed up and then we got like an indication and, and it was just like go now and, and we could have yeah. gone to that, but uh, we were like, That's on the other side of like the the, the yeah. center. Yeah, it's we'll like, let everyone else clear out and we can have some room walk. Yeah, exactly. But it also seemed like I'd it had a lot of good panels that I would have went to if I was went one of the four days on the Sunday I just had like the Batman Beyond and I'm like I already saw Batman animated twice the last two or three years yeah. I'm like I don't yeah. want to see another Batman nothing, nothing jumped out on me on, on Thursday though as far as like the panels that they would they had at the in the main hall or the main yeah, um, yeah. theater Same room here. or whatever yeah so like the, I, what, what did they have like as far as like they had Watchmen the, the, on Friday and I got a I won a lottery for that but you know of course I wasn't there so I couldn't do it yeah, I, I, I had a Disney Parks one that kind of I could have went to but oh, then nice. I had some of the press stuff that I ended up getting so I decided to obviously do the press stuff what was that one just about? The, it, it was like a Disney Disney Parks Marvel related one I don't really know for sure it was, was just it was probably Disneyland. like eighth choice it was like eighth choice on my on my list. Well, it was of, probably about the, the, new, the new stuff that they're doing yeah. in Disneyland with all the Avengers yeah. area and stuff, which seems awesome. I wish it was going to be in Orlando, but I guess like one reason to go out to California is when that's made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to think of it. There was one thing that I – it maybe I just missed a lot of it, but it didn't seem that there was as much of a Marvel presence for panel wise. And I know the last few years there was a lot, like they were heavy on the Netflix stuff. Well, they had like the runaways, right. Or something like that. Did yeah. They, that? Oh yeah. They yeah. did have like a runaways. Uh, like yeah. panel, I think. Like there was the some, like there that. was some, there was some sci-fi panels that they were, they were down on one of the lower levels, but they were also streaming them when we were setting up on the, uh, what was it? Like the, the rest area lounge. Oh, and right. they, they, they had stuff like they were talking about Big Mouth. There was a couple of like a gaming thing. Um, I can't think there was an anime that they were talking about. I think Ruby was the anime they were talking about. And, you know, they had some people in those panels like Clancy Brown was yes, kind of like yeah. jumped in on one of those panels. Cool. So, I mean, there was, there was stuff all over and they were showing that. But it to me, it just didn't feel like there was that that big Marvel presence with the last few years that they had. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. yeah again, that right just adds to how yeah. different comic con was this year. Hmm. I wonder why I wonder what it's like. Maybe they're just kind of scaled back and then Disney was like, Oh, we're going to have everything for our conventions instead and not have it. Yeah. Maybe uh, they just wanted to take a, a breath after running that stuff for all the Marvel movies. And there's kind of that lull after Endgame, yeah, and, and they're just kind of prepping well, for the next phase. Well, could have been for Disney Plus. I mean, that would have been a great thing. Yeah, to, to yeah, the for, perfect opportunity. On, yeah, yeah, that month, would have been a, a month that, away from yeah announcing all that stuff. Did you guys get a, a good uh, Did you guys get a subscription for that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, I ended up I ended up biting on the three year for that, two my years. My brother and I are sharing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I as big of a Marvel fan as I am, as much as I love the MCU stuff, I couldn't pass up stuff like... So when like is that Loki. all going to start, though? Spider-Man Amazing start? Friends and X-Men Original Series is going to be on there? That's gonna be- See, I, I have all the X-Men the Original Series on DVD. Yeah, I have just it, have it on, it, D- on streaming yeah. now. It makes it yeah. pretty convenient. I have, I have it on Voodoo, too. <laughs> oh, see, I didn't I didn't 
Because each season it was like ten dollars for like standard uh, standard definition. I was like, yeah. Yeah, they they. I don't even know if it'll be in HD when it comes out on Plus. Probably uh, not. Well, so when when it, when are they gonna start rolling out with like um you know the the flagship shows like Mandalorian? Mandalorian and stuff comes like out that. day one, so I mean that's so so day I, one. I don't know. Have, I don't know if there's any of the Marvel ones that are day no, one. I, I know that. I know that. And Jeff Goldblum. Announced, one. Come on. <laughs> they've announced a bunch. <laughs> But no dates on. I think the first one is more than likely going to be Loki if they do when they do it, and then the Scarlet Witch, the Wandavision one, probably coming up yeah, next. It's, the it's, Falcon, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. But then they did announce there's going to be a Moon Knight one. There's going to be Blade. There's going to be She Hulk in the future. But but uh, Miss Marvel, you know the Kamala Khan, yeah. Miss Marvel. Yeah, so I mean but, that's down the pipeline, but in, but. Yeah, I think for I think Loki is probably the going to be the first one. That'd probably be in the spring, I would think. And then I know that there's the animated What If series. That was definitely a. That's the only plus. one. I'm like I'm like not. Like, I always hate those What If kind of things. Of huh. like, it's like the dream sequence in like Sopranos and like those kind of shows. It's like I don't care unless it's like real. But it's like I get the whole point of. You know. But they eventually, in the What If comics, they eventually kind of had their own universe, and that's where the the comic Exiles spun off from. Okay. But but I like the What If stuff because they would have stuff like What If Wolverine was Lord of the Vampires, so you you based it on a story that happened, and then you be, got this character that is like one of the ultimate versions of Wolverine, and you know he's kind of. What if Spider Man was fat? And what if? <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them were decent takes on stories that. Yeah fans wanted them to go in a different direction so what ifs they said all right well here's this story if we would have went in this direction and, and people were like oh this is what i wanted or like oh you're right this isn't very good or yeah, the, the what if comics were great some of them were just like a just a way to kill it. some of the people some of them were just a way to kill off a bunch of heroes and whatnot yeah. and be yeah. violent and <laughs> that was the 90s anything. era yeah it didn't mean anything uh. <laughs> but then the characters like Spider Girl spun out from, like, from the popularity. If, yeah. Of, yeah, from What If and it's Marvel, so I will I will see it. But that's like the least I think on that, my I th- list of why I care to I see. I think that know? it's supposed to. They said it's supposed to focus a lot on the MCU stuff. So you're going to get some hot takes on a lot of those stories. With the yeah. the actors are supposed to voice a lot of the characters. If from what I gather, yeah, Haley Atwood is going to do be Captain America and. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, there, there was, there's like a, oh, the the Haley Atwell that plays Peggy Carter. Carter. Oh, she's supposed to be aged or Agent America, or is it just Captain America? I don't remember what it was, but there's, that's one of the spins on it. What if she took over instead of forming Shield or something along those lines? Mm-hmm. And then I know that I know that this is just kind of like fanfare, but there was a Captain America zombie picture in one of the in the logo part of it so if they touch on the marvel zombie stuff if that's the only way i get it for now i'll be fine with it because the marvel zombie stuff is great the walking dead comic book edition <laughs> i don't know does the marvel zombie stuff might predate the walking dead i'm not sure the the creation of the walking dead comic originally it's probably, Who's yeah. still watching Walking Dead? I deleted still it off, watching it? I deleted it off my DVR, and then I'm like, right before the season started, I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll put it back on. But I'm like, I'll get, so I'll give it a few episodes and see if it bores me. I, I bailed on Fear of the Walking Dead, though. I'm like, I couldn't stand the kids in, on it anymore. I'm like, I don't care anymore. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's it's definitely a lot different now though, and it, it kind of like picked up pace with the new format with Morgan being in it. Yeah, and it's like I like Morgan. I like I like um, Garrett. What's his face? Dual Dualahunt or something was his name. And uh, Dillahunt, I don't know, um, and so and some of those characters, but I was like, I, like I hate like the the video cameraing, the video camera, like, oh, yeah, yeah, and I hate things. That. like it's like it's, they, they make it so serious, and it's like your fucking zombie show. It's, I don't know. So but, I kind of build on that. But the opposite side of that though is that it's become like more of like a western, so it's more of like an a post-apocalyptic western now. Yeah, and I like that take on it, but I just I felt like the direction they were going. I'm like, I'm, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I never got into it, so I have yeah. nothing to add to the conversation. Well, I, I got to get going to bed soon. But those is yeah. yeah, those is fine. My, my phone's about dead too, so right. yeah. But we'll have to we'll have to follow up like next month on on things that we're watching and stuff because I like these kind of episodes just to catch up on things. And well, speaking of zombie stuff, Zombieland Two going yeah. to see it Thursday. Yeah, that looks awesome. Oh, is it coming out this weekend? Oh. I don't know if yeah, I'm, this week. I'm, I'm going to go see the Misfits on Saturday, so I don't know if I'm going to have time to see it this weekend. Oh man, Mama. You, yeah, yeah. The the Damned and Rancid and yeah. the Misfits. That's a great show. Yeah, for my I got it for my birthday and my friend Chris. And we'll, we'll probably do like a review of that uh, after. So I'll probably that'll be that'll probably be the next podcast episode us talking about that. I'm going to go see coming up in November. Michael Graves is playing locally, so I'm going to go check him out. It's been a long time since I've seen What's him. What's he as, doing though? He's doing his own band thing, or he's been doing his own stuff. But he plays a lot of his misfit stuff at their at his shows. Like he's he's literally coming like within a half an hour of one where of I these live, days. So. Somehow I I don't know like how uh, you know how his relationship really is with like Danzig, but one of these days they all have to do a show like get this Jerry is, only. This is the last Danzig. <laughs> And I think Graves. that I think that um, Jerry only and Michael Graves had a falling out, so I don't know if that's going to happen. But Danzig came back, so you never know. This is this is I think the last Misfits one that they're doing with Danzig and Jerry only and stuff because they have like a contract in their lawsuit that or settlement that they did that's like ten shows and that's it. So this I think the Garden one is like the last one. So Ray, if you want to go, go snag a ticket on. You know, stuff up. <laughs> I know it. I should I should have though because like so many people that I had my opportunity though because I had people that were like yo go see it uh, you know and at a, and at that point the tickets were still like I guess fairly reasonable or what you would expect to pay but now it's like kind of like if you really want to go you got kind of have to shell out yeah you know a lot more paid like one twenty something for boonie seats. Yeah, the hell was that? That's Comic Con money. That only gets spent at Comic Con. Well, so what's your? Well, so how much did you pay for your ticket, Brian? Uh, well, Kristen, Kristen paid for it because it was a birthday present. So it was like, <laughs> it was like one twenty something maybe. So and what? And what are your seats though? You're getting um, good seats or? We're, we're like we're we're parallel to the stage, so we're not looking. So it's, at least it's that. So at least it's close to the stage, but just high up. So it's, oh, really? yeah. but you can't you can't bring any you can't bring uh, any equipment though, right? Like cameras and stuff. Or no, I, I'm just going as a uh, normie, and uh, <laughs> but <laughs> try to do your best with your phone. <laughs> but, I, but I don't know because in the in the past he had those Yondor whatever Yondu pouches where you put the phone in there and you can't take it out until the end of the show kind of thing but oh, I don't really? remember what, the, what the hell is that that's about? the thing well it's well he didn't because Danzin doesn't like fucking pictures taken of him so it's 
So, but that was in the past. I don't know if they're do, still doing that. So I might still maybe get some pictures or video on my Instagram stories at Rejunk on Instagram. <laughs> Shameless self promotion. Yeah, you know, you know me. All right, all right. This was fun. Um, thanks, guys, for talking. Okay. Yep. Thanks for chatting with us yeah. yet again. All right. Till next time. Later. Right. Peace out, guys. All right, peace.